Good morning, and thank you everyone who is teaching, uh, teaching our children this morning. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, I want to open up with a word of prayer. Holy Spirit, we invite you. We ask you to speak into our hearts. Uh, God, we, uh, we need you. Uh, we need relief from the world, from the prince of the power of the air, and, and we need you. We need you to consume us, Father. We put you uh, in the middle, in the center, number one, uh, this morning, and pray that you will speak into our hearts, life, and uh, breathe into us as you did. Uh, God, the first man, just, just put, put life into our bodies, so to speak, this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, okay, a couple quick things. Um, if you know her, you love her, Corey Millette, she's part, of our, uh, she's part of our church, part of our people, and she started chemotherapy last week. Uh, if you would like to help them out, she's doing that weekly, so, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember if it's every Wednesday or Thursday, but if you'll write down on your connection card, if you could do a meal for them, there's three of them, her, her husband, and and uh, son, uh, if you would like to help them out providing a meal, she's going to be doing chemo all through summer, and the goal is to be back teaching, which is, man, she's an anointed teacher. You want her in the school teaching. So um, uh, if, if you would like to do that, just write that on con your connection card. We'll give you a call this week and uh, let you know how you can serve her, okay? Uh, secondly, I just need a quick audience poll uh, anybody in here got, got sin in your life? Anybody? Okay, good, good. So there's, there's those who confessed and, and liars this morning. All right, I just, <laughs> just making sure. Um, yeah, yeah. Is, is any, any, anybody ever been where you think, you know what, I just my entire life is a dirty sock drawer? I mean, you've been there? Okay, just making sure I had the right people. Good. We're all, we're all in the same boat. I raised my hand on all those as well. A couple weeks ago, uh, I preached a, a message and had a lot of feedback on the message, and I wanted to do a follow-up. This is a very difficult sermon to do. I've tried to do it many times, and so when you find a diffi difficult topic in the Bible, uh, I think one of the easiest things to do is just let the Scripture speak for itself. Uh, and so we're going to sort of follow one passage I'll give you some other uh, edifying, supporting scriptures this morning, but we're, we're really going to mostly follow uh, one passage. Now, before I take you to that passage, all the scripture will be on the screen, okay? No one expected you to walk in here as a Bible scholar this morning. If you're a scholar, uh, we probably need to switch places. Speaking of which, the Reverend Raheem Robinson preached last week. Yeah. And... Uh, I just want to clarify, a lot of y'all came up to me and were like, hey, you know what, Pastor, you've had a good run. Have you thought about retiring? I am young. I am young. He has a job, okay? Uh, I don't know where I was, but I had to get that off my chest. Yeah, anyways, all the scripture will be on the screen. If you're not familiar with the Bible, in fact, we have Bibles out in the foyer and we would love for you to take one. That's free to you, and it's a joy for us to give that. Don't think it's, it's a burden. Uh, it's a joy for us to give that to you. Um, so uh, it's in two sections, Old Testament, New Testament. The Old Testament is the story of God creating his people, uh, choosing, uh, creating the world and choosing this people and saying that through this people, a Messiah would come. Through this people, I'm going to, to bring you someone who will give you a new way, a new law, and that is uh, Jesus. And when he came, 
that introduces to us the new law or the new covenant or the new testament. We can pretty well use all of those words synonymously. Uh, now, before, uh, before Jesus came, if you wanted to get right with God, because God is holy and sin separates us from God, right? I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve, come on, it was just one mistake. But you have to understand that God is so holy, he cannot be with it. He's, he's not around sin. He's too good for it. That's not arrogant. He literally is too good for it, okay? And so we had to be wiped clean of our sin, and, and sin has to be purchased. It has to be bought. There has to be what the Bible calls an atonement. And so there would be a, a there, were, there were multiple kinds of sin offering. And so if you sinned, you would take a bull and you would sacrifice that bull and the blood of that bull would pay for your sin because we had to, as a people, understand that it cost something, that our sins can't just go unpunishment. And so something had to atone for us. Something had to receive the punishment for us. So there was a Passover lamb, there was a sin offering bull, and this is how you paid for your sin. What, what is the problem with that? You're not saying it. I'm feeling it though. There's not enough bulls in the world. <laughs> we would quickly run out of cattle. We would quickly run out of sheep. So uh, Jesus comes and he says that he is uh, the Lamb of God. He's the Passover Lamb. He is our sin offering. His blood was spilled to pay for our sin. And because Jesus was perfect, having never sinned, his blood was a worthy sacrifice once for all time for those who choose to be covered by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of his sin offering. Does this make sense? So, so this sort of leads you up into what we're talking about. Now, Jesus grabbed a posse, and he had 12 guys that followed him everywhere. Jesus never wrote a word of the Bible himself. He entrusted them. And one guy who wrote uh, quite a few, he, 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 we, we were very clever in naming his books. Uh, there's the book of John, and then there's 1 John. Second John and so forth, okay? Uh, but in First John, that's where we'll be today, he's laying out this sense of salvation. Now, a few weeks ago, we talked about shipwrecking your faith. And I mentioned to you that you have to have a ship to wreck it, okay? So we're not talking about losing your salvation. We were talking about uh, discrediting. I kept saying disqualifying. Somebody came up to me and they're like, I think it would have been better to say discredit. And I said, you were absolutely right. You preach. And he said, no. So here I am. But uh, discrediting ourselves uh, or disqualifying ourselves and validating ourselves because we have done things that sort of make people go, I really don't want to listen to you. And also we know that God as a good father calls us out on our junk. <laughs> You may hear got a mama? Yeah. See, God is not a man. God is not a human. Your mother has godly attributes. Like it or not, that's part of it, that she doesn't buy your stuff, okay? So God calls us out, and, and we talked about what it meant to, to shipwreck our faith. But the overlying question behind this is, Pastor, I don't know, first of all, 
If I have a ship, it's wrecked. Maybe it's not. Maybe you're good. But how do I know if I ever had a ship? How do I know if I ever had faith? How do I know if, if, if God blows this trumpet and, and an angel comes down and all this stuff? Uh, how do I know I'm going to go to heaven? How do I know I'm saved? How do I know I have Jesus in my heart? How do I know that I'm a Christian? And I know that sounds like an easy topic, but the Bible says so much about it that it's easy to get lost. So we're just going to follow this passage in 1 John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, if you want to go with me. In your Bible, that's awesome. The scripture will be up here, and you have a note card on your connection card. All right? Now, 1 John chapter 1, I'm going to start in verse 5. The verse, first four verses are, are important, but they're introduction, okay? Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light and there's absolutely no darkness in him. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet we walk in darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, there it is, the blood of Jesus, cleanses us from all sin. Church, from how much sin? All. all sin. If we say we have no sin, <laughs> we are deceiving ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is Christianity. There's only five chapters in 1 John. If you wonder if you're a Christian, you need to go home and just read this and answer the questions that it's, that it's begging, that it's asking. But a couple things I want to say. First is, there are a lot of people who are afraid of religion. There are a lot of people who are afraid of even Christianity because there's been a lot of terrible things done in the name of Christianity. And in the past few years, we've revealed... Have you ever, have you ever read about Magellan circumnavigating the globe for the first time, which he died in the Philippines, is actually his men who completed the journey. Have you ever read about the stuff that they did? I, oh my gosh. Horrible, horrible things. But then they would convert the island to Christianity before they left. Many would do the same thing. And we just have years and years of people doing these things in the name of Jesus. And there were Christians, right? Okay, show me a teaching of Jesus that they were following. Justify in the scripture for me genocide. Justify rape. Justify any of those things. It's not there. People may do things under the umbrella or under the flag of Christianity, but a Christian means a follower of Jesus, and those were not following Jesus in any way, form, or fashion, not a teaching. Okay? So you can sit in a garage and call yourself a car all day long. Doesn't matter. It's not a car. All right. So a lot of the things that have been done in the name of Christianity were not following the teachings of Jesus. So don't get confused and don't be afraid. The teachings of Jesus are peaceful. The teachings of Jesus are love. Clear that up first off. But I want you to notice in verse 7. In verse 7. If we walk in the light as he himself is in the light. What do you mean if? That means that everyone has the option to choose, but we don't all choose. So there's an if. Jesus 
treats us, the Holy Spirit treats us as a gentleman. It is not forced upon us to choose, okay? Christians remember that. <laughs> as we witness, and you got to, you got to, you got to, but you do it with love because we cannot force anyone to believe what we believe. It was never meant to be that way. If it was, Jesus would have done that. He put two trees in the garden. Why? Because it's not forced. We get a choice. And many people will not choose. And so this is the begged question today. Have you chosen? And some are confused about that. Take notes. Now, how do I know? How do I know if I have Jesus? Well, it says right here for us in the passage that I just read. Well, we confess, we believe. Look at verse 9. Back there on the computer, they're having to scroll through, so forgive them for this. And thank you guys all back there. If we confess our sins, listen to this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins. This is so profound. You have, and listen, don't be looking around because it's all of us. You have stuff in your life that you've tried to get rid of your entire life. And let me just give you step one. If you haven't confessed it, you haven't stepped over it. Okay, I have yet to see someone overcome a sin in their life. We're talking about habitual lifestyle sin. We're all going to sin, just like we're all going to stumble. Get your butt back up and walk towards Jesus. But I'm talking about laying in the mud thinking, I never thought I would be back here again. I swear I'll never do it. Just to lay in the mud and swear you'll never do it again. You've got that. I know you've got that. We've all had that. It's called humanity. But if you haven't confessed it, <laughs> we, we ain't moving on all right it's not I didn't write the rules I just read them and I have to abide by them too it's not fun but some of you step number one is confession and we believe we believe we believe John three 16 I'm going to give you a couple supporting verses uh, if, if we'll throw John three sixteen for God loved the world in this way he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Believes in him. Remember, believe as what? Believe in him as I've accepted that blood sin offering to cover my sin. My sin has to be purchased. It costs something. It has to be paid for. Somebody got to go to jail. You know what I'm saying? And so Jesus did that for me and I believe in him as that. It's not just believe that he exists. Don't confuse that with Christianity. You know who believes more than you that God exists? Uh-huh, Satan. Satan has met him. He believes that he exists, but he does not accept him as his sin offering. He does not accept him as his atonement, as his way to go and be with heaven. He hates God. It's not just believing that he exists. It's believing that he's covered my sin, believing that he has purchased me. And now we respond accordingly. If I've been purchased, I have a master. Thank God I have a peaceful master. I have a master who loves me and wants what's best for me. Have you ever thought about this? If God weren't loving, he would still be God. And what are you going to do about that? Have we not hit the jackpot with a loving God? Now, Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, for you are saved by grace through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is God's gift. If you think that you've got to earn your salvation, you do not understand the idea of a gift. <laughs> All right? 
For we are his workmanship. Oh, wait, I, I, I skipped something. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. If you could earn it, you could brag about how you got it. But you cannot be perfect, so you cannot brag about how you got it. It is a gift from God, and that's how we get it, okay? For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. Do you have to do good works? Yes, he's prepared all this scenario. He's put you in the right time, in the right place, with the right family, believe it or not. You're where you're supposed to be to do the things that God has put here for you to do. But I do those because I am a child of God, no, not so that I can become a child of God. I want to honor my father because I am his son, not so that I can become his son. I want to make my mama proud, not so that I can be her son, but because I am her son. I'm not doing it to earn sonship. It is a free gift, and I respond not so that I can get it, but because I have it. My good works are not to obtain salvation. They're not to get it. They're how I know I got it. All right? It's profound. You've got to hold on to that. We have, and I'm, I'm going I'm to sort of move along, but I have, and I haven't put them out. Uh, if, Pastor Dusty, if you're in the house, uh, we brought the Romans Road stuff. If we can get those out for everyone to get as they exit today. Uh, if you have somebody and you're like, you know, I need to know how to clearly explain what it means to be a Christian. I have a handout for you, something just to help you with so that you can sort of study that and look through some scripture and be prepared to help others uh, in their eternity. I mean, that's, that's worth a, a, a quick read, right? Uh, and it's short. Okay, now let's continue. You confess, you believe. Tons of scriptures that I could use with this, but I, I want to move on. You say, I did that. Now what? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to keep reading. 1 John 1, verse 10, right where we left off. If we say we have not sinned, we make him out a liar, and his word is not in us. Now stop right there. Stop right there because this, is, this, 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 this hung me up for quite a few years as a young man because I know that I sinned and God came into my life and paid for my sin. That's what the blood was, the sacrifice. My sin cost something, and then he bought it. I was a sinner, but now I'm supposed to be a Christian, okay? I get that part. I accept that part. Here's what no one would teach me. Or maybe I wasn't listening. What about after I become a Christian and then I sin? And I'm not talking about, you know, oh, I slipped. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. I'm talking about like, oop, I might have killed that guy. I might have just wrecked someone's marriage. I might have just turned somebody away from the Lord forever. I'm talking like lifestyle. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hung up in this and I cannot get out. What about that? Is that covered? I know all the stuff from my past is covered. I get that and I accept that, but I still feel like I'm a lousy human sometimes, even though I've become a Christian. What about that? Because I'm not supposed to live that way, right? I've got your attention finally. Good. You're wondering too. 
Verse 1 of chapter 2. My little children. Okay, this is John writing. He's like the head of the church because the original head of the church, uh, and Jesus, yes, I know. Don't, don't get Sunday school with me here. Was, was the brother of Jesus named James. He was... Right, And now John is sort of the figure that they see. John probably followed Jesus at maybe like age 16. He was very young. He lives to be very old, even though he was tortured many times, boiled alive, so they say, uh, and exiled to an island. He was in prison for the remainder of his life after they tried to boil him alive, and he didn't die, where he wrote the book of Revelation, by the way. But uh, John was very old. He was very loved. He was very dear to everyone. He's sort of heading this up, and he says, my little children, who is he talking to? Is he talking to Christians or non-Christians? He's talking to Christians. You've got to understand that in this passage. John is speaking to Christians when he says, uh, if we have not sinned, we make him out a liar. And then he says, my little children, I'm writing you these things so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, Christians, I'm writing you this because I don't want you to sin, but if you do sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. This is written for Christians. Christian, you will sin again after you get saved. He himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Which one? All of them. Well, so you can just get saved and do anything you want. If you still want to do anything you want after you get saved, you didn't get saved. The temptation will be there and you will sin again and then you're going to feel like crap. Okay? Sure, there's a more tactful way to say that, but here in the dirty south, that's how you feel. Because you have the Holy Spirit and you as Christians are doing things. Like I remember becoming a Christian and following Jesus and compassion coming in and it's like, why are my eyes leaking? I never cared before. I didn't know I could cry. I didn't know anybody else's kids mattered before. And I'm not saying non-Christians are without are out morality, without humanity. I'm telling you my testimony. I'm telling you the Holy Spirit comes in and things that used to fly don't fly anymore. That's how you know. My little children, I'm writing you some of these things so that you may not sin, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Verse 2, he himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for those of the whole world. Also those of the whole world, including you, Christian. You didn't get thrown under the bus. You don't become a member of the church, and then nobody loves you anymore. We reach out. We reach out. We reach out. You're a Christian. We don't care about you. We reach out. No, it's not like that. We're supposed to edify one another, to build one another up. You're a brother. You're a sister. Somebody can, can call you and say, hey, I need help. And you don't know him. You're like, I want to help him. Jesus, I'll do it for you. Your brother, your sister calls you up and you're there, right? That's what it's like. That's what we're supposed to be as a family. And so God has, has, has pulled us, right, to, together. And then we sin and we're like, well, what is it now? Am I disqualified? Am I still a Christian? Do I have to get saved all over again? How does this work? My little Children, I'm writing you this so that you may not sin. But if you do, and you did, we have an advocate. Jesus' perfect sacrifice covered once for all time. Take a breath. If you're going to go to hell every time you do something wrong, 
Man. First John chapter 3. I'm going to skip just, just ahead, just, just a, a little bit. Still in First John. Everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sin, and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Now, uh, some of you are actually asking me this morning what translation we use. Uh, there, the different translations will speak differently about this. I have looked this up in the Greek, and it says everyone who commits sin. This word that we're translating now commits, it, it, is, it is correct, but this is talking about a continuation. This is talking about a lifestyle, okay? If we claim to follow Jesus and Jesus is walking this way, but we walk this way, that's now a lifestyle, okay? If I claim to follow Jesus and I follow Jesus and I stumble and I get back up, that's a sin. That's not a lifestyle of sin. Do you understand the difference? And so when it says everyone who commits sin practices lawlessness. This is someone committing on a continual basis. This is a practice of walking the other direction. You get that? I want to clear that up. Everyone who commits sin, practices sin, practices lawlessness and sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed so they might take away sin. Okay, so we don't as Christians turn and just walk the other way. I don't know how it works. Your salvation is above my pay grade. Well, I've done that, pastor. I've turned and walked the other way. I don't know if you never had it. I don't know if you just walked a little ways and then Jesus gave you a whipping or maybe he was doing that right now and you turn around. I don't know it's above my pay grade to tell you your eternity. That's between you and Jesus. But I'm telling you today, if you're walking the opposite way that Jesus is walking, you're not following him and his destination is heaven. Okay? So that's where you're not going. Out of love, I say that. So if you wonder, am I a Christian? This First John just paints it for us. Okay? Now, there's a problem because in this idea, we are, we're trying to follow Jesus and we're doing good works, but we mess up, okay? So there's, a, there's sort of this thing where, where Jesus says that you bear fruit, so you're a tree. The idea of a tree, Trees were engineered by God to tell us a story, okay? Have you, ever, have you ever been on a job site when it was windy? Say a 20 mile an hour wind and held up a sheet of plywood? Can you stand there? Not a man in this room. But a tree can stand and cover, you know, 75 feet and stand during a storm. Why? Because of its foundation, because of the foundation of the trunk, because of the depths of the root. God is teaching you something in it. And the way that they disseminate, the way that they reproduce is through fruit. What is inside of a fruit? A seed. And the seed is what is required to make new Christians. I mean, to make new trees. Because the seed is the gospel, right? But what is around the seed? Something that tastes good. Something that tastes good. And so God tells us to live in such a way that it tastes 
People want the gospel because you taste good. People want the gospel, and so the seeds will disseminate. See, if a, a tree can't just, can't just drop fruit. I don't want to bruise it. I'm going to eat that later. No! So much for that. Camera didn't see it, didn't count. All right. The reason it disseminates, the reason it needs to spread is because God has made most trees to be so acidic that if they just drop and plant another tree right under it, the, the, the soil becomes acidic and, and the trees will basically kill one another. And so they need to spread. And so things come and they taste the fruit and they spread the gospel, I mean the seeds. Does that make sense? So, uh, so we are to bear fruit because we are spreading the gospel. And so evangelism comes through love. And without love, nobody wants, right? And so this is the deal of a Christian. Y'all ready? I'm going to try this. So this is, this is a Christian. Is we're, we're essentially sort of juggling this fruit, and it's, it's, it, it feels like that. We mess up on occasion. And, and, and there's this idea that, you know, I'm going to produce some, some good fruit and then, right, all of a sudden it's like, well, where did that come from? That's a different kind of fruit. And so I've heard that where it's like, well, uh, 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 an apple tree can't make lemons or no, no, no. I'm not talking about different kinds of fruit. Because what happens is as we go, are y'all think I can do this? As we're juggling this, I cannot, we come up with one that is it's bad. And I know that somebody in here has made some bad fruit. I know at least one because you're looking at him. <laughs> and so this one's stanky. I don't know if y'all can see that from here, but I can... I can see some of that. It ain't good. It's already exposed. It's not good. And you've made it. I've made it. We've all made it. Every tree is going to lose some fruit. But the majority of my fruit is for the kingdom of God. Do you understand? Is any, have you you've never had a garden? Do you pull every tomato off? Do you get every squash? Do you get every cucumber? Have you ever had a fruit tree? Do you get every one of those? No, there's gonna be a couple, there's gonna be a couple bad pieces in there because you're human. It's not something different. It's not like, well, on the weekends I'm this and no, it's just called sin. And we're all going to make some bad fruit. And if you quit trying because you made some bad fruit, what if every plant that made bad fruit, we just cut it down and quit using it? We would starve to death. Well, not y'all because you don't eat fruit, but <laughs> I'm kidding. That was, that was a potato chip joke. Didn't go far. But the world would run out. Everything is going to make some bad seeds, some bad fruit. Do not let the mistakes of your past make you think that you are no longer able to bear fruit for the Lord. It's going to happen. 
It's not a different fruit. It's just a bruised fruit. It's just a bad fruit, just a sin. Dude, get up and keep moving. There's not a man on this earth, not a woman on this earth, not now, not in the future, not any time in history who didn't make a couple pieces of bad fruit except one. That was Jesus. That's it. You are literally in the company of every other human. Stop trying to disqualify yourself. Follow Jesus. You made a bad piece of fruit. You know what? You have a gardener. Go to John chapter 15. You're going to have to read this one on, on your own. And he said that when he sees bad fruit, what does he do? He prunes the vines and you get better. We learn from it. We move on and we become effective for Jesus. All right. So, 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. Here we go. Let's wrap this up. This is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commands. Well, how do I know if I'm a Christian? How do I know? Okay, let me back up to verse 3 again. This is how we know that we know him. If we keep his commands. All right? So if you leave here today and say, that pastor told me. that Dude, that pastor is just reading stuff. Worried about him own self. This is, this is how we know if we keep his commands. The one who says, I have come to know him and yet doesn't keep his commands is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly in him the love of God is made complete. This is how we know we are in him. The one who says he remains in him should walk just as he walks. Works are not how you get it. They're how you know you got it. You understand? How do you know that you're a Christian? If you keep his commands. Read 1 John. He says, God is light. In him there's no darkness at all, right? And then sometimes we feel like there's darkness creeping in. And sometimes we feel like we're not keeping his commands. Is that your lifestyle? Then you ain't got it. That's, what, that, that's, just, that's 1 John, man. That's, that's it. If you're convicted, if you got the Holy Spirit, and you're like, you know what? On occasion, I make some bad fruit, but you know what? I'm trying every day. I'm trying to live for the Lord. I'm doing the best that I can, okay? Now we're talking. Tim tells me all the time, if you're worried about your salvation, you probably have it. If you're not worried about it, you probably ain't got it. I don't know if that's theology or not. <laughs> But if you're worried about it, if you're trying to please God, if you're questioning that, then you're probably on the right track because you care what God thinks. And that manipulates how you move. If I truly believe something, I will act accordingly. If I think the world's about to end, I'll prep. If I think a game's coming up, I'll get my glove if I think we're going to play sand volleyball in the heat, I'll set up 13 canopies with tables under them. And I do believe that. So we set them up this morning. You see what I'm saying? What I believe affects the way that I behave. Fruit comes because the tree is what it is. You don't bear fruit to become an apple tree. Do you understand that? I'm not like, you know what, I'd like to become an apple today, so I'll start making apples until I become an apple tree. Isn't that ridiculous? No, 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 no. You accept Jesus. You accept the sacrifice for your sins, and now you bear fruit because you are that tree, not so that you can become that tree. And then God will begin to help you 
You say, I've, there, there, there's a man who uh, kind of roams around here. He's a very evangelistic heart, and he's done some wild things for Jesus. He has amazing stories. In fact, there's been a couple books uh, written about him, and uh, he said one time, he said, you know, a lot of people run around saying they've never seen God move, never seen a miracle. I'll tell you how to do that. Take your family and $50 in your pocket. Move to Mexico. When you get to Mexico, give the $50 away, and you'll either see miracles or you'll die. Okay. He's like, that's how I did it. And I've seen the Lord do a lot of stuff. I'm like, all right. Some of us have never been in a situation where we need the Lord because we've not followed him into something scary before, okay? You, so, so I'm not necessarily talking. Uh, let me back up. A bear fruit according to the tree that I am. If I'm a Christian, I bear Christian fruit. Will I mess up? Yes. Will I have a bad apple? Will I have a bad banana? Sure. But this is what I'm going for. And I do it not so that I can become a tree, but because I am. I plant seeds of the gospel because I'm a Christian, not so that I can become a Christian. Church, nobody can be responsible for your salvation but you. But you can help others get where they are. You're not the Savior. Don't, don't, that is a weight too heavy for you to bear. You are not the Savior. But we are called to love people into the kingdom of God. Give them something to follow. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. couple scriptures here. Little children, let us not love in word and speech, but in action and in truth. Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on him they have not believed in? And how can they believe without hearing about him? And how can they hear without a preacher? That's you. You're a preacher. It doesn't matter if you want to be or not. <laughs> You're preaching something. How? It's the best sermon you'll ever preach is the fruit that you bear. James chapter 5, verse 19, my brothers and sisters, if any among you strays from the truth and someone turns him back, let that person know that whoever turns a sinner from the error of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. This is what God has called you to do. But how do I know if I have it? Let's finish. Matthew 7, 15. Be on your guard against false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but in, inwardly are ravaging wolves. You'll recognize them by their? By one piece of bad fruit. Man, don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Holy moly. We don't live in a glass house, okay, where somebody, I mean, one. I've seen that my whole life. Oh, man. This is the main reason I don't want to be a preacher because I don't want my kids to have to live in that glass house. Man, you make one mistake and it's like, I expect better from a preacher's kid. It's one, one banana. <laughs> Same for you. Don't live in that glass house. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? In the same way, every good tree produces good fruit, but a bad tree produces bad fruit. 
1 John 1, 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we're lying and not practicing the truth. 1 John 2, 3. This is how we know that we know him if we keep his commands. 1 John 3, 6. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Remember, we're talking about a lifestyle of sin. Okay? Worship team, I want you to go ahead and come up. But this question exists for a lot of people and feel free, man, to go through 1 John. I wanted to give you this because I want you to be equipped. You have people in your home. You have people at your work that go, I want to, I, I want to be better. I want to do better. Listen, you're the one who's going to help them. Was it not liberating to you the first time you felt the love and the forgiveness of Jesus. If you've never experienced that, actually having done wrong, understanding that you've done wrong, but someone forgiving you even though you weren't worthy or deserved it, man, what a relief and a joy that is. And that's what God gives to every person in this place. And as a Christian, that's what we extend to one another. And you have people that are, are looking at you to receive that forgiveness. And they're looking at you, not that we can validate anyone, but, but man, they, they, they want that. I've done bad. And somebody who's, who's a Christian will, will spend time with me, will hang out with me. Heck yeah, because we're the same. The only thing that came about different than me is, is God gave me the forgiveness and I accepted it. We're better than no one. But I have someone in me who's greater than the whole world. Man, if you haven't accepted Jesus, that's going to change everything. When you have the Holy Spirit aiding you, leading you, making you feel, man, I'm, I'm, dude, if you have the Holy Spirit, you know sometimes it's like a bittersweet thing because you're like, would you just stop convicting me? I could make so much more money this way. I could get this done so much faster this way. But man, his way is better. You will have the aid, you will have the help of the Holy Spirit. If you've never accepted Christ, I'm, we, we don't do, like they're, they're playing music, but, but we do. I want you to put this on your connection card. I want to talk about it with you when there's not emotional music playing. This is not something to take lightly. We want you to, to think about it, but our goal, and this is the other point of this message, is we want Ranger to be the hardest place in the world to go to hell from. Because we're going to love you into the right path. If you don't choose it, it's because you don't want it. But we're going to show it. That's our goal as a church. So maybe this helps you. Something to, to, to walk people through. Man, I... I I advise you, I encourage you to familiarize yourself with 1 John so that you can show someone what it truly means to be a Christian and live that out. You're not going to, well, maybe you will. So far, I've not argued anyone into the kingdom of God. I have not yelled anyone into the kingdom of God. I have not condemned anyone into the kingdom of God, but hopefully I've loved some people into that place. Church, last thing. And some of y'all got to give yourself a break. Because God has forgiven you your sin. Yes, even the sins that you committed after you became a Christian. I hope you find relief in that. Yes, even the sins that you committed after you became a Christian. God has forgiven you. 
and you need to put that white collar on and go do your priestly duties, Jack Black, okay? It's a Nacho Libre reference that obviously no one got. You need to put that robe on. You need to put that on spiritually. You need to start, start spending daily time with Jesus because you're the preacher. You're the one. Okay? So that's what we pray for you. If you would like to accept Christ today, we want to talk to you. Put that on your connection card. Come grab somebody on the worship team uh, when service is over. Okay? Uh, I've got uh, Tim and Samantha sitting right here in the front row uh, as well. And they're going to stay right here in the front row for just a minute so you can talk to them as well. If you've not accepted Christ, man, come and talk to somebody. Put on that connection card. We want to talk to you through that. If you choose to not follow Christ, not become a Christian, we still love you and you're still my friend. But I will not stop praying that you do. Because I love you and you're my friend. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that you will move in this place. We pray that your will be done. We pray, God, that you... Uh, move in our hearts and lead us to you. And God, I pray that you will equip us for those that we love to be able to minister to them, uh, to lead them into your courts, into your kingdom, God. And I pray that you will give us boldness. I pray that you will set the ball on the tee, so to speak, and give us the courage to swing, Father. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all stand and worship with us, please.